Are you struggling to make your first 100K or next? Are you pretending you're successful, but barely getting by? Are you tired of comparing yourself to millionaires and billionaires who make it look so easy? Welcome to First 100K, the number one entrepreneur voice in America. I talk about the important things that no one else is talking about, like how to make your first $100,000, because I believe this is where 90% of entrepreneurs get stuck. And I tackle the mental game of entrepreneurship that we all secretly struggle with but won't admit. My guests are successful entrepreneurs who share their mistakes, their number one fears, their daily habits, and their superpowers that push them over the 100K mark. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a 10-time failed entrepreneur and the owner of two co-working spaces here in Tampa, Florida. This show was created for you the entrepreneur who's pushing to break through the elusive 100K milestone. Wherever you are in your business, you're just 100K away. Today, my featured guest is Sean Gala. Sean runs a men's group, not just a men's group. He owns the URL, mensgroup.com. Now, he's the founder and facilitator of this business. It has explosive growth in the past eight months. But going back a little bit, Sean spent his 20s pursuing his dreams as a professional DJ and serial entrepreneur. So he's got that business pedigree. He lived in Mexico for five years where he learned Spanish and surfed every day. From the outside, it looked like he was living a dream life. In reality, along the way, he faced bankruptcy from a failed business, family conflict, an eating disorder, infidelity, debilitating health challenges, chronic illness, emotional challenges, anxiety, depression, and low self-worth, and loved ones passing away. Now, these adversities gave him depth and molded him into an ideal facilitator of men's circles. This made him value community and meaningful conversations with other guys going through the same challenges. Now, before mensgroup.com, Sean founded The Brotherhood, a men's group for entrepreneurs that focused on adventure trips. So he, he really knows this space, men and men's groups and challenges in life, right? So uh, you can find him at mensgroup.com, mensgroup.com. Sean, welcome to your first 100K, top 100 podcast on iTunes uh, in entrepreneurship. Go ahead and fill in the gaps in that intro, would you? That was about it. You know, I, I've, I've always been an entrepreneur, mainly because I'm unemployable. You know, I, I just haven't been able to, I've had some cool jobs, but I just haven't been able to stick with them. I've just always wanted to do my own thing. And, you know, so I have over the years and um, I tried a lot of different businesses early on, as you mentioned, some of them didn't end very well, uh, but then kind of uh, found my calling with, uh, by happenstance with that men's group for entrepreneurs, ran that for 10 years, still going today. And uh, now have transitioned into mensgroup.com. Mm. Okay. First off, I have to get, ask you just from a business standpoint, how did you get such a great URL? I mean, that's gold, man. I mean, that's what, uh, made me decide to do it. Cause I'd been, I, I did that men's group for entrepreneurs and that was great. You know, we go on these trips like heli skiing or skydiving or surf trips together. And these guys, these big name guys that, are, that run all the podcasts and write the books and these internet celebrities and, and former professional athletes and stuff that we'd all hang out and, and we'd sit in a circle. And I thought we were going to talk about business stuff, but they ended up talking about a lot of personal stuff as well. And I just loved it. Um, but then once I got sick, I couldn't run that business anymore. I just had to uh, take a bit of time off. And so I decided to sell it to a friend. And then I was like, what do I want to do? And I was poking around, trying a lot of different things. And I want to do something a little bit lighter and, and not as, um, I don't know, I kind of fantasized about doing something easier, like selling widgets on Amazon or something, you know, <laughs> something a little bit less meaningful. So I tried a lot of things. And then just the men's group thing kept 
come back to me. Like there's no approachable men's group out there. None of my friends were joining men's groups because they, they were too kooky. So and then when I saw the domain was available, uh, I think it was, you know, $15,000 or something US online. And I got the guy down to 500 bucks and I was like, okay, well, this is, this has got to happen. Like, this is just, this is just flowing. Are you kidding? You bought mensgroup.com for $500? No, I'm not kidding. That was the last, that was the final like kick in the wow. I needed. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's confirmation. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. Do something with that for sure. And you have, right. So mm -hmm. like, I really want to get into that, but before we do take a minute, share something personal about you. There are very few people in your business life actually know. Mm, the people in my business life actually I don't know. I feel like my business life and my personal life are so intertwined because I, uh, I run men's groups for a living. So we talk about a lot of personal things. Um, I think Is a there lot anything deep or embarrassing that you just haven't put out there yet? Come on, be real. I don't really think of myself as an entrepreneur, you know? Really? Yeah, no. I, I how, think, do, how do you see yourself when you look at yourself? Uh, somebody who's just creating, like almost like an artist, you know, somebody who's just creating meaningful projects. I think people think of me as like, wow, this serial entrepreneur has done, you know, eight figures in certain businesses and stuff like that. And I just don't think about myself in that way. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. I never have. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So you're like a musician of business. It's fantastic. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. I mean, I can tell you lots of embarrassing stories, but I think that's, I think when people, if people see me on stage or they read my story, whatever, or even that great intro gave me, I'm like, geez, you know, they, I don't, I don't think of myself as a big successful entrepreneur. You know, I'm still like whatever project I'm in, I'm like, ah, this could fall apart. <laughs> no, that's how yeah. it always feels. You know, um, imposter syndrome comes up like number one thing on the show with yeah. my guests, right? Imagine, Even if they yeah. did 250 million last year, they feel like, you know, someday someone's going to find out that I'm a frog. Yeah, I don't know totally. what the heck I'm doing here. Yeah. And I've heard that behind another part of this too, is that I've heard that even at the biggest polished businesses like Airbnb, I have a friend that was like high up at Uber, like uh, Tesla, it's all, it's always a sausage factory. There's people scrambling around, there's wheels flying, there's carts running around. And that's, that's how it feels like day to day. It's just putting up fires and managing people. And, you know, it doesn't matter how successful you are. It seems like it feels like things are still, you know, going awry. All right. So Startup Nation, did you hear that from Sean? What you're dealing with right now, you'll be dealing with when you hit seven figures or when you hit eight figures. Yeah, it'll just be more of it. So of look it. forward to that, right? Different, different, different flavors of it. But <laughs> different flavors, exactly. All right, so let's talk about men's group and how you started that. Right now, let's be clear what you're doing here, okay? You're not doing like the softy, wussy support type experience for dudes to share their feelings and everything. You're dealing with like real life issues, right? But life issues that we all deal with, uh, divorce and breakups, being a dad, nice guy syndrome, which is very common actually, mm -hmm. family issues, improving communication, work and your purpose, motivation, managing emotions. Speak to us about that. Like so many guys, uh, and not just guys, but really powerful female business owners as well. They come on the show and they're killing it in their businesses, but they're going home to a marriage that doesn't work, kids that are disconnected. Um, no communication with their spouse, uh, really to just going home to kind of like misery. That's why many of them work so long at the, the office because they don't want to go home. They become workaholics and they come up with other addictions and acting out in their lives, et cetera. Like speak to us about that. What, has, what have you seen as the most common theme um, in this uh, men's group uh, space that you've been in? Yeah. Well, the, the most common topics that comes up, come up are the ones that you mentioned. How do I set boundaries with people? You know, how do I make friends? That's one for a lot of guys. Like they're never taught how to make supportive male friendships. It's just like people they get together with a for a beer with and, you know, talk about sports or the weather, you know, and they don't, they want meaningful friendships. They don't know how to do it. Uh, 
because then we taught them, um, yeah, break ops, you know, how to communicate better, how to manage things like anger, how to understand their emotions, et cetera. But, uh, you know, we do get a lot of workaholics as well. A lot of entrepreneurs, we, we actually, you know, there's this perception that men's groups serve for losers, you know, mm. and for guys who are struggling, we actually have a lot of doctors, lawyers, uh, athletes, like really high level people professionally that are coming because the rest of their lives are in shambles or they're burning out or, or whatever. And what I've seen is that, um, these guys end up being a little, getting a lot more out of life when they realize that work, workaholicism is the same thing as alcoholism or, you know, an addiction to porn or an addiction to whatever, you know, it's like just another way to avoid your challenges and your feelings and some of the uncomfortable ways you think about you yourself and your life that you adopted when you were young, you know, um, all the science shows that, you know, there's been 90 year studies, the Harvard study where they, they followed kids and grew up. And the most important thing towards happiness was a relationship uh, or re relationships, your community. Uh, the other study that I found interesting is that they tried to calculate uh, another um, university, might have been Stanford, I don't know, I should, I should know the de details of this, but they, they tried to figure out how much it would cost to replace a marriage, like how much that love is to quantify how much that love is worth and the support and sharing life. And it was a ridiculous amount of money, like 900 and something thousand dollars. And it's like, okay, well, if that's the case, then why, why are we pursuing money and, and, and work, you know, so much when all the evidence, all the science is showing that, you know, community relationships health mm. that's, that's where the that's where the games are made got it so like we'll get into the business stuff here startup nation because i know you want sean's top three tips or strategies yes. being he's done six figures he's done seven figures he's done eight figures in some of his businesses yeah so he's got some of those hacks for you but we're talking about some like really serious things here like you're chasing the money at what cost you're giving up something in order to pursue that dream of financial success. So Sean, I got to ask you, I just came from a men's group this morning, right at my awesome. church. Great. And uh, we do Tuesday mornings at 6 a.m. And we get about 80 businessmen that show up. And like wow. you said, they're mostly doctors and attorneys, right? These guys are doing seven figures plus in their businesses, some eight possibly, and, and they're just killing it. Um, but when they, we go around in the group, like the stuff they're dealing with and sharing is exactly what you said. Like these guys are just talking sports all the time, surface yeah. level conversations. They don't know how to like go deep with the conversations. And what I've seen, and please correct me if I'm wrong. And this is going to be my question to you is most of us men or many of us men grew up in households, uh, from a generation of fathers that were taught not to feel mm -hmm. men don't feel men don't cry. Mm -hmm. men don't show emotion. So we were taught and conditioned that. And then we became guys who don't feel, don't hurt, don't show it. We suppress it. Don't let anyone see I'm hurting right now, or I'm lonely right now, or I'm addicted to something right now. So we refuse to ask for help. Mm -hmm. How do you get guys to open up about that stuff? The, the stuff that's actually really hurting them on the inside. Yeah, it's a good question. And, uh, you know, even asking for help with business stuff, like guys don't even want to do that, you know? And, and I see that that's the most common theme I've seen is there's this like legit fear the guys feel about, and I, th I think it's from being ridiculed for expressing that stuff, you know, when they, when, when they actually did test the waters with somebody, a friend, or even a, a romantic partner, or with their family, with their dad, it's like, you know, they were rejected, or even judged as, you know, called gay or, or, you know, seen as weak. And so there's like this real ingrained fear, you know? And so, um, how do you yeah. get past it with guys? How do you get so, them to open up in front of other dudes? Yeah. So uh, two things. Number one, dudes do really well with um, shared experience. So when I started the men's group for entrepreneurs, I just wanted to hang out with other entrepreneurs, have these kinds of conversations. That's it. Talk about business, have a support network for myself. Cause I was living in Mexico. I didn't know any entrepreneurs doing anything. Mm. 
there. I want to be around that energy. Right. And so we go on these adventure trips, we go skiing, powder skiing or race supercars together. And we'd sit in a circle after and like a mastermind circle. And we just go around and you could bring up a topic and get feedback. And I thought we were going to get into the business stuff. But then after these guys shared this experience and went to battle together or whatever, and then uh, they felt closer, you know, but then the second thing, is I, I learned very quickly that somebody has to set the tone that vulnerability is okay, that you're not gonna be judged for it. And so what I would do is I'd get up in the room and I'd say, okay, guys, here's what we're here to do. This is a place you can talk about anything. And then I'd share my most humiliating, sensitive, <laughs> humbling stories, like some of the things you mentioned, going through bankruptcy, being cheated on a bunch of times, struggling with eating my whole life, uh, drama with my, my, my dad and all these things, you know? And, and, and then that would let guys off the hook. Their, their guard would come down a little bit. And then I'd plant the first guy I, I talked to him before. I make sure he has the most sensitive, like um, personal thing possible. Well, one meeting at, uh, at a guy's place that we had with 40 guys in the circle. Um, he's a bit of a celebrity now, but I don't, I don't really want to name drop. But he, I, I, I made this guy go first because his, his wife had just had three miscarriages and he had no idea how to support her. And, and he was like in the hot tub the night before with me, almost crying about this. And I was kind of like, I was supporting him. Obviously I felt bad for him, but I was just like, yes, this is the perfect start. You know, you're so my he, guy. You're yeah. my guy. So he went first, he cries, which is like guy, guys aren't used to that. And they, they, they love it. You, you think that you wouldn't like that, but when it's just a guy talking about his life and it's not like we're singing Kubaya or something, or, mm. you know, it's not a crying circle. You don't have to, but it's like seeing another good good, strong man. who's very successful again, eight or nine, nine figure guy, you know, he, he, entrepreneur he you know he seeing other guys do that it's like okay and then seeing seeing him not be judged and guys jump in and go hey man i've been there too like that that lets the guard down mm. what i'm hearing you say is uh you went first right and that's what leadership is i believe i define it as three words right you go first that's yeah lead, you, got, you got to lead with the traits that you want them to you know, bring it exactly. Back. So you go first with your humility, vulnerable story that gives them permission to do it. Then you planted a guy, which I think is really smart. Yeah. Um, so now they see two guys go, one guy cries. They're like, Oh my gosh, well, mine's not as bad as that. Maybe I can share. And they, they yeah. open up. Okay. Got and it. Some guys, some guys still wouldn't. And that's okay. Cause maybe that's not the place for them. Maybe they don't need to other guys to talk about business stuff, but then other guys, I, I would always be surprised by how many of these guys. And these are like really put together looking guys that have all the top podcasts and the top TV shows and stuff like that how they, they're, they're like actually really upset about certain things that they're facing in their life and they don't have anybody to talk to about it. Mm. Normal everyday stuff, you know, their relationship, their work, their friendships, their family, somebody dying, whatever. Wow. So your business, men's group, uh, is exploding right now mm -hmm. uh, with growth to the point where you feel like you're uh, on the back tail of a, a racehorse here, right? Yes. What's, what did you do right? A racehorse named Burnout. Burno, what did you do right in this business that has, has created that explosive growth? If you could pick one, two, or three top tips or strategies, what did you do well? Uh, first of all, man, I, there's a great book called um, Let Your Life Speak by Parker J. Palmer. And it talks about how vocation chooses you, how like everybody has a nature. And it, when I was a younger man, I tried to force, you know, projects like, oh, I want to be this kind of a person. I want to be in the music industry. I want to be a music record executive. And so I started to music label and all this stuff and and and, a, and then a tech company you know an online music store for djs and this kind of stuff and that wasn't me at the end of the day i was this kind of guy who should have been a counselor you know i like wanted to have you know meaningful conversations with people I, i've always i've always liked that and so it's like using your strengths you know using using your nature being in something that actually works with your true nature because then it doesn't really feel like work and then i really took the time to figure out why I saw such a big gap in the market. Like all these other men's groups were making, marketing themselves in such an unapproachable way. 
and I, and I interviewed a lot of my guy friends. I, I did a lot of customer discoveries, they say, where I, I literally just called a lot of my guy friends. I'm like, dude, you're going through a breakup. Why haven't you joined a men's group? And they also were saying the same things. I was like, ah, those things are kooky. And like, I don't want to go dance in the woods or chant or like take on First Nations names or, and you're laughing, but this is how all these men's groups are, or they're like stuffy in some like, you know, back room of like a community center. And it's like academic feeling or clinical feeling. And, and it's like, I don't want to do that. I'm like, but when we get together, the guys are on a campfire, you do that. Right. And you're like, yeah, I'll talk about that stuff. And it's like, or the locker room, you know? So it's like, oh, nobody's doing it in an approachable way. So, so just really getting to know what the market's thinking and, wh- and where the opportunity is, you know? How many guys that- did you like pre-interview, right? Because these are your per, um, the, the clients that you want to work with, right? Yeah. So you pre-interviewed them. Hey, what's your yes. pain points? What's your resistance? What's your um, what would- objections? Yeah, that's the biggest one, yeah. Say that again. Yeah, what are your objections? Yeah. Okay, got it. How many guys did you poll? Um, what was that sample size where you're like, okay, that's enough for me to create a successful business? Yeah, whenever I'm starting a business, I try to get as many as possible. In this case, it's 40 or 50. And and I would usually do more, you know, and and in the startup world, like Paul Graham and all these people, they say, get out of the building, you know, it's like the lean startup stuff. It's like, just get, talk to as many people as possible. But in this case, I'd already been in the men's work industry for 10 years and seen a lot of success with that. And this wasn't terribly different. It was different, but not terribly um, at the end of the day, I think I had enough experience to you know a little bit of it. So I, I talked to 40 mm-hmm. and then of course the, the, the bonus to that is that, you know, I think 30 of those people ended up joining. So mm. they're like my first customers. That's pretty awesome. All right. So we got startup nation, Sean, he matched his nature, uh, with the business project that he was headed into. So he didn't try to force it. He found something that matched his strengths. Right. And he identified, Hey, I'm really good with like counseling and supporting guys. And why don't I go start something like that? Then he yeah. gets the URL men's group for $500. So that's a no brainer. The He's stars like, are aligning in yeah. his favor. Has, has to do it now. Yeah. yeah, he has to. Now you're committed, man. And then number two, he interviewed uh, 40 potential clients, found out what were their specific objections, um, and then really built his marketing around those objections. What's a third thing that you did, third top tip or strategy, maybe to grow that now um, to onboard those clients? How'd you get them? Yeah, well, I think the next step was I sold something that didn't exist yet. You know, like like I just literally went to them and said, hey, if, you, if I could do this and this and this, could would you be a part of it? And they say, yes. And then I go, okay, well, here's a link. And then they pay me. And then I'd email me like, Hey, I haven't built this thing yet. Give me a few weeks. So I like really pre-sold it like full on MVP, you know, minimum viable product style. Um, and that was good because that next step was like actually learning what the guys wanted. That customer discovery, I, I validated that like, okay, there's a need here. And maybe if I market it in a non kooky way, they'll, they'll like be interested in it and they could benefit. But then it was like, how often do they want the men's group and what times of the week and what's the format and do we want a community platform and, you know, all these things. And, and so it was, that was just more interviewing and more like pitching different ideas to them and seeing which ones they were most interested in and stuff like that. So it was really, again, an exploratory, almost like de- de- detective, like, you know, process. So, um, because I've learned over the years that if I just put my head down and start building stuff, like I'll run into trouble. Like I, it'll, I won't have product market fit, right? That's the Holy grail is like, we have a product that really fits with the market needs. So I literally spent the first three, four, five months, just like focusing on that. And I, and I looked at a lot of keyword research to see what people are searching for. I looked at a lot of, you know, um, social media content, YouTube stuff, uh, you know, what are the top selling books in that space? Who are the leading, pe- you know, authority figures, um, speakers, et cetera. And there wasn't a lot, but there's enough information there that gave me a pretty clear picture of like what, what exactly people were looking for. Now, let me ask you this. When you pre-sold those memberships into this men's group, um, did you get a bunch of your celebrity friends in and then kind of leverage that in your marketing? Hey, so-and-so no. is in. No. Okay. Yeah. I kept those guys kind of quiet. Um, 
now and those guys have their support systems in place now like when those guys joined the brotherhood they the last men's group for entrepreneurs they they were just like just getting started in their business they hadn't even hit six figures yet you know so they were a bunch of nobodies we were all a bunch of nobodies we were just a bunch of young guys that were trying to make it and we had young girls in the group at the beginning too but they didn't need any community i don't know why they didn't engage in anything so the guys stuck around and being a men's group but uh yeah so those guys don't they don't need as much support and and there's a few of them that join from time to time if they're going through a breakup or they need something uh but in general no i wanted to make keep it away from the celebrity angle and, and just make it more approachable everyday guys mm. because that seems to be what works in fact in my sign up videos like aside from the one on the homepage. I recorded them during COVID as placeholders. I got long, scraggly hair. I got a beard. I look, I look like I'm wearing sweatpants. And the feedback I've gotten is that guys actually really like that because it felt like it was a friend sending them a video message instead of like this polished presentation. A lot of these guys are going through rough times. So I, I realized that by, happens, by accident, I was like matching where they're at, you know? <laughs> Wow. I get that. So that must be my problem, right? I'm, I'm obviously taking too many showers and shaving and You're too handsome. Look, look at that. Look at that jawline, that banker hair. I mean, how come, how come we keep up with that? Praise God, man. I felt like banker hair. That's a first like <laughs> presidential that. hair. Is that better? Presidential. <laughs> Got it. All right. So listen, BC, uh, I'm calling them BC nation. Sometimes I confuse my two shows. I got to be That's real. Okay. Man. You know, it's, you're, it's you're part doing of lot, doing man. the deal, man. You're doing a lot of good work out there. All right. Thank you. So Startup Nation, Sean just gave you some really valuable uh, tips and strategies for your own business there. Replay this show, replay this episode and make sure you're doing those three things. Match your nature. Are you can in I the right one? project? Are you in the right business? Go ahead, Sean. Yeah. Can I say one more? Product market fit is everything. That's the thing that, uh, that in my opinion, in a lot of the, you know, it seems like a lot of the lit startup literature now talks about this product market fit is everything. Like you got to keep trying stuff until you, you get it. Like if you're stuck at six figures, if you're stuck at 50 and doing 40,000 in revenue, 50,000, a hundred thousand, even, even a couple hundred thousand, even 500,000, a million, but things feel like kind of clunky. Like you, you haven't hit it yet. Like product market fit is like money piling up in the bank account. You can't hire people fast enough. Like that, that's what true product market fit is. So I, I would encourage people to let go their vision a little bit and, and let, let the customers dictate guide a little bit. Um, what the model is going to look like. And that might be humbling because it might be a lower price point slightly. That might be a different product you have to build. But like, I see so many entrepreneurs fail and get stuck at these different levels because they're like attached to this idea of what the thing should be. Mm. That's so good. Thank you for saying that. That's, that's powerful. And Startup Nation, that could be you right now, right? You're maybe doing six figures or uh, you're about to cross seven figures, but you feel stuck. You feel stopped. You feel plateaued. Um, and Sean's saying, if you incorporate these three things, especially the product market fit and really tweak that and get that right, you're going to have that next level, right? Where your business just starts to explode. And I like the way you put that, Sean. It's like when, when the, the money's just piling up in the bank account and you're, you're chasing the tail, so to speak, that's when you've truly hit product market fit. And if it feels like you're pushing and constantly like trying to get more clients one at a time, et cetera, chances are you have not hit product market fit. I take that on myself. I could say in my own coaching practice, I have not hit that because I still feel that resistance. And I know uh, marketing is where I, I'm definitely missing on delivering my product in the way my client wants it. Now, several clients are coming on board for sure. And it's a high ticket item, et cetera. But it's not blowing out the door, so to speak. So yeah. I definitely know um, Startup Nation, you know, I'm going to eat my humble pill there and say, I don't have it figured out yet. Not in this yeah, new neither business. Do I. I, don't, I can't say I've ever actually had it, even though I've built these businesses and sold, sold some of them stuff. Like even men's group, like it's growing the fastest ever, ever grown. Still feels like some tweaks need to be made as far as the price point and like how we offer our groups and the, and the like schedule of that. 
to, to fit better with what customers need, you know, like, I feel mm. like there's still some clunky parts of it. And so, yeah, I mean, there's very, very successful companies that exit for hundreds of millions of dollars that still didn't hit product market fit. So it's one of those things you need to be really humble about and drop your ego and continue to try stuff, continue to tweak. And it's frustrating. It's exhausting, you know, continuing this for years, but then, then you'll hit it, you know. Mm, Hopefully. So good. All right. Startup Nation, we're speaking with Sean Gala. You can find him at mensgroup.com, mensgroup.com. And we're about to enter my favorite part of the show. Sean, welcome to the hustle round. Yes. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready, sir? Oh, well, yeah, ready. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you just overthought it. Yeah, uh, exactly. I'm already <laughs> overthinking it. He's like, oh, man. What do I say? Am I ready? I got to show up perfect. <laughs> All right. What's your favorite thing about being an entrepreneur and really finding that product market fit? Uh, it's just being able to help people, you know, like I are being able to be able to, I like, I like being an entrepreneur, being able to create a vision. Like, Oh, I want to create like there was, my first successful business was an online music school for an online DJ training school. Nobody's teaching how to DJ online. I thought that was silly. So I made some videos seeing that come to life and like seeing people actually get use from it or the men's groups or whatever. Like that's my favorite part. It's the, it's the creative projects, the creating something, building, Mm, so cool. Creating yeah. something out of nothing, right? It's pretty awesome. What is your least favorite thing about it? Everything else. <laughs> All the work. <laughs> yeah. ah, the waiting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All my friends are like, wow, you're an entrepreneur. I'm like, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't be an entrepreneur. Don't. I have a problem. I'm unemployable. That's why I do this. There you go. No, it's, it's, it's just, it's just the, especially early on for the first three or four years and in any project, it's like you're spinning all the plates yourself and you're trying to pass them off, but even passing them off takes a lot of work. And it's just, it's just a lot. You know, it's just a lot to take on. And there are, sometimes I fantasize about going and being like a gardener or something or like, you know, working at Home Depot. Like I see those guys. Yeah, but you know what's going to happen? You're going to be like, these are the only rakes available. Yeah, I got to exactly. create a better yeah, rake for exactly people. That's exactly what would happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I get that. What are you most afraid of? Uh, Not being loved. You know? That's real. Yeah, not being loved probably. I mean, I'd say failure, but ultimately that's like being rejected by people because I'm a failure. You know, it's just, it's just the not being loved thing. Yeah. I get that. We're all struggling with something at any given moment of our lives. I believe it's just part of being human. What are you yeah. struggling with uh, either professionally or personally with right now? How much time you got? Uh, give me the top one. <laughs> He's like, I got 13. What do you, uh, got? you know, it's just, it's just this feeling and it comes up a lot in those groups. Guys express it. I'm sure women feel too, but it's just this feeling of overwhelm where it's like a lot, like I'm trying to build the business. I'm, I'm building a van right now. My girlfriend, and I want to adventure van to go and do surf trips and ski and then stuff. So I'm building that out in my spare time and managing that relationship I'm in and the health. And I have a dog, I have a puppy. And it's just, there's a lot of times where I feel like, wow, this is a lot, you know? And, um, and then also just the ups and downs of business. Men's group has gone better than any other project I've ever started. And yet still, I'm still rocked by day to day by like, you know, somebody getting upset at me via email or the, some system we built not working or some staff member dropping the ball. It's just like, it's, you know, focusing too much on what's going wrong instead of all the, you know, the positives that are happening. I think those are the two big things right now. Thanks for sharing those. What did you spend way too much time doing this past year? Search engine optimization. <laughs> and that could it's, steal hours of your life. It, it's funny because when, yeah, when, when I got the domain and I was like, oh, I got to do this men's group thing. That's right when COVID hit. Like I started in March and uh, I just saw a huge opportunity. Nobody was ranking in the search engines. That's how I had success with that online DJ school. So I literally spent three months studying it intensely and, and implementing it. And now we're number one for everything we want to be number one for. And that's part of the reason why it's going well. But all my friends are making fun of me and my girlfriend was razzing me because I was like, you know, I, I could, you know, we, we didn't have anything to do. I was like, I might as well be productive and, and learn to scale and, uh, and implement it and that paid dividends. That's awesome. You know, I think sometimes right now during the pandemic, a lot of us are letting time be wasted. 
rather than really like going deep dive into a skill set or really honing and developing a craft, something we've been wanting to get better at, but have been neglecting. And now we have all this time. I'll use myself as an example. I had the limiting belief system probably right before COVID that I am not a good writer. Mm. I'm a better speaker, but I'm not a good writer. And that was holding me back. And then I had uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul co-author Mark Victor Hansen uh, on my show. And he challenged me personally, Joseph, you are a good writer and you're going to sell millions of books. Now man the F up and go do it. Start writing two hours a day. And guess what? You're going to develop the craft and become a good writer. And man, I really took that on and been writing two hours a day and the craft is getting better. And that's how I've spent my pandemic. And I am 36 chapters into a 40 chapter book. Nice. Right. Praise God for that. And I'm like, here's a guy who months ago was like, I can't write anything. So yeah. Startup Nation, I just say that to hopefully inspire and encourage you. It's not too late. The pandemic pandemic's still going, baby. Yeah, and people are going to be like, in a few months or a few years, people are going to be like, wow, how'd you write that book? Like, that's crazy. I could never do that. And it's like, you just you just need to dedicate some time to it. That's it, you know? That's what it and, looks like. And it's like. so worth it because during these times, like, I'm really proud that I dug into SEO. You're probably really proud that you dug into writing during this time. When I got really sick, I got bit by a tick on a surf trip on one of these trips that I took the entrepreneurs on and ended up in bed for a while. And I, I just had this thought. I was like, if how can I... If this is going to be a dark time, how can I create something beautiful out of it? And I couldn't even go for a walk or whatever, you know, but like, I was like, what can I learn lying there in bed? And I, I learned guitar off YouTube. And now every time I'm playing guitar, like I'm not very good. I'm still a hack, but there's this meaning behind it. I feel real proud yeah. of it, you know? Well, and you I took think, an adversity and you created beauty out of it. Even, even if it's just a little thing, you know? Even if? Thing. Yeah. And, and you, you see, you see like all the best music is like written, like people are writing it during tough times, you know, all the best arts created of these, you know, people who've lost somebody in a dramatic way or like, you know, let's seriously look at the biggest businesses in the world. They were created during the worst times, financial times in history. Yeah. Adversity creates beauty. I think Mm -hmm. what secret fear do you have about people? What secret, what fear do you have about people? Uh, I don't really have any fears around people, actually. I've, I've always really been open about that. But my secret fear for them would be people don't get into their own stuff and uh, use tools like a men's group or counseling or books or podcasts like yours. And that they, and that they continue suffering when they don't have to be, you know? And then, then they take that on their kids or they take that on their wife or they take that out on, you know, the, the poor person in traffic next to them or whatever. And it's like, you, if you just talk to somebody about it, you'd be... <laughs> <laughs> you would have avoided all this, you know? So guilty uh, yeah, yeah, as far yeah, as I the mean, traffic one. Oh, me yeah. too. You know, I yeah. mean, it's, uh, I yeah, still so haven't so, conquered the left lane, uh, irritation. I still haven't conquered it. So that's my fear with people in general is I th- I yeah. strongly believe that men are kind of canaries in the coal mine for the health of society and watching the suicide rates ramp up for men, you know, it's 80% men, the incarceration rates, the, all these things, the, the homeless rates, it's like literacy rates for men. It's, it, it's, it's concerning. That's my fear. Yeah, for sure. It's like, as men, we don't have that outlet for all these feelings, all these emotions, all this out of controlness. So what do we do? We act out in very dangerous behaviors that cost us everything that matters in our life. So I think it's great what you're doing with men's group and, and startup nation, like consider men's group as just an outlet for yourself, for your human emotions, your human feelings, the things you're dealing with in day to day that we all deal with. Just the things that are right in front of you. You know, that's it. Hey, I had a fight with my coworker today. Like having a place to process through that and then take the fruits of that back to your relationship and your family instead of having to put that on your family and like, yeah, just having a place to workshop through things and then take the fruits of that back to your life. It's invaluable. And it doesn't have to be big, meaningful things. It doesn't have to be crying. It's just like, hey, I want to communicate better. Hey, I want to be better at work-life balance. Hey, I want to set better boundaries with my family or with friends or whatever, you know, just like everyday things. I get that. What do you wish you had learned sooner in business? 
the product market fit stuff probably because <laughs> I, yeah. I, I mean, the reason why I went bankrupt early on is because I started a company that wasn't working from the beginning. And I thought that entrepreneurship meant persistence and that was the key, but that that's not the case. If you're, if you're, if you're building the wrong thing, it doesn't matter how persistent you are, you're not going to be able to sell it. So mm. I think that's what I wish I could just drill that lesson into other entrepreneurs out there. Cause they go, yeah, yeah, I get it. But then they do that exact thing. They build their vision, you know, and it might not match what the customer wants. That's so what I'm hearing you say is find product market fit, then be persistent. Then be persistent. And, you, and you'll get your win out of that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Like, and then number two would just be like, man, I wanted to do cool stuff. You know, I wanted to be like an, an adventure sports influencer or like film surfing or, you know, stuff like that. And I was resisting my nature for a long time. You know, I wanted to be a record label executive and a DJ. And I was good at DJing, not because I was cool, but because I was good with people. And, and this, but the reality was, is that I was a more of like a counselor personality and I yeah. should have just listened to that and, and not resisted myself and not rejected myself in that way yep. um, because I would have been more successful earlier. Cause as soon as I started doing that stuff, like with that first men's group, it was like for entrepreneurs, it was just like my success. I, I was like struggling financially before that for the most part. And then it was just all of a sudden like, boom, you know? Wow. So cool. And then, and then very shortly after here I am, you know, we, we, we t- you know, I'm in, I'm in a, I'm running a seven figure business and then we acquired an eight figure business. So it's like, you know, when you step into your true, true strengths and, and natural gifts, it like couldn't really accelerate things. So cool. What is a good habit or a new habit that you want to create? How much time do you have? <laughs> you got uh, 30 seconds, yeah, I three know, seconds. I know, I know. New habit I'd like to create. Uh, I need a nighttime routine. Honestly, I feel like I just sprint through my days and like get all these things done and yeah, I'm productive, but then I don't have a wind down activity. Um, mm. So, so for me, honestly, that's, that's the biggest one right now. Okay. Got it. What's, yeah. uh, what's a bad habit you want to break? Using junk food to soothe my emotions. Boom, man. That's, that's just the one. I just, I've been doing that since I was five. Anytime I was sad or upset, I'd go to pizza and ice cream. And I like, thankfully I understand nutrition now. So I like can manage it somewhat, but like still, yeah, I'd, I'd rather replace it with a healthier vice. Got it. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Uh, meaningful conversation guy. Got it. Pick three words to describe who you were before you found your uh, project nature fit. Uh, insecure naive, um, but well-meaning entrepreneur. Yeah. yeah, I get that. And last question, if you could come back to life, Sean, after you died, look your family and friends, your girlfriend in the eye, your little puppy, yeah. and tell them only one piece of advice about everything, about life, about all of it, eternity, the works, what really matters, what doesn't, what would you say to them? Your relationship with yourself is everything. Like, the more that I, the more that I see guys focus on that, the more I focus on it myself and that's all the internal stuff. It's like, how am I feeling about my life? How am I feeling about myself? You know, how am I feeling about my relationships? Like the more that I, I make space for that stuff and I see guys getting into that stuff, the smoother their life goes and the more fulfilling it is like, um, because if that stuff's not sorted and I know it's uncomfortable, a lot of people don't want to go there. That's why therapy, nobody talks about it, you know, but it's like, that stuff is the stuff that will actually make your life better. That's the uncomfortable stuff, but it is the hero's journey. That is the stuff if, where if you wade through it and, and go through that difficult time, you will um, you know, get into that tough stuff. You will emerge on the other side, a much stronger person and, and enjoy a lot more of life and then be able to have better relationships without your emotions getting in the way or, you know, limiting beliefs getting in the way or whatever. So um, that'd be my advice is, is, is focus on that uh, personal journey. Yeah, for sure. And then when you attract more money because you got yourself all cleared up and in emotionally healthy relationships, guess what? You get to use the the money for meaningful things, right? And not spend it on vices and addiction because you're so broken on the inside. So yeah, like, escaping I, yourself. Yeah. Exactly. I agree. It's all connected. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about making their first 100K this year? 
be humble, try stuff, you know, just try stuff, let go of your vision and, and just, just try a lot of things. Like I couldn't have imagined that like, I, like my, 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 my men's group entrepreneur is the most successful project I've ever done. I think men's group will.com will eclipse that, but it's new. Um, but that, that the brotherhood, like it started with me being in Mexico and just scratching my own itch. I was already running other businesses. They weren't going that well. Just trying to build other things. And then I just threw my own, a bunch of my friends into a Facebook group. And then those guys also felt the same things that I was. And then that led to this seven figure business where we're flying over the world, doing these adventure trips with these celebrity dudes. And then we all, a guy in our community actually passed away and we, his family is going to be financially ruined because his business was being failed since he, since he was gone. So we, we raised, I raised, raised a couple million dollars and we acquired it and then built it back up. And that turned into an eight figure business. Like I can't imagine that that all has happened from me just like starting a Facebook group to scratch my own edge, you know? So it's like, just, just, just throw out little pebbles, see which causes the biggest ripple. Well said. What's the best way for startup nation to get in touch with you if they so choose? Yeah. Just mensgroup.com. You know, we're, we're watching the emails a lot. Um, shoot us an email, mensgroup at mensgroup.com, you know, but, but I think, uh, I think just mensgroup.com is the place. Send us a contact message. We'll, we'll get back to you. And your, I looked at your membership dues and they are very nominal. I mean, very low cost, very affordable on a monthly yeah. basis. Like any guy can pretty much do this. So, yeah. I think right now it's like 47 bucks. It might even be 39 bucks. Yeah. We just want to make it approachable and easy and, you know, for guys to try it out the first time. All right, guys go to mensgroup.com. You got anything for girls or are we just leaving them stranded on this show? Well, here's the thing. Girls, girls, uh, I get asked a lot, Hey, when are you going to start a women's group? But they have, they inherently have built in community. And I, but I think that, I think that girls struggle with the same challenges or similar challenges. Mm-hmm. So I got something for girls, two things. Number one, uh, there's great women's groups out there. There's lots go find one. Uh, they, they do great work. Number two, support men to get into this stuff because a lot of the toxic behavior that men are being like, you know, um, criticized for having pointed out rightly so in a lot of cases, it's not that men are toxic or there's this thing called toxic masculinity that's floating around now all of a sudden in the air. It's like unhappy people do unhappy things, right? So it's just on an individual basis, there's actually a lot good reason why these guys are doing these unhealthy behaviors. And so it's like, encourage your man, encourage your guys around you to get into this stuff. Even if you're just reading a book, you know, taking a little step to listen to a podcast, giving a men's group a shot in their local town or one of ours, work with a coach like Joseph, just anything like, because that's why these unhealthy behaviors are coming out. Now, if someone approached you next week with a URL, womensgroup.com, would you then start one? Uh, you know, it's funny. I've actually talked to a few uh, women in my life about having them run it, but then using all the infrastructure I built because I'm, I'm always looking for, you know, new projects and stuff. Uh, and so uh, unfortunately it hasn't clicked yet, but potentially right. somebody, if somebody thinks of the right person, reach out to me through mensgroup.com, we can do it. I'd be all right. If anybody knows who owns womensgroup.com, connect them <laughs> with Sean, do that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sean, Sean Galler, thank you for being on your first 100K podcast. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, sir. Thanks, Joseph. Keep doing this great work. Thanks, brother. Startup Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your business without building faith in your business. If you want to have that conversation on the faith side of things, go check out my other podcast called Broken Catholic. On that show, I interview all different guests about why the world isn't working right now. Plus, I tackle unspeakable topics that you may secretly struggle with, but won't admit. We got to get your faith right to get your business right. Go to BrokenCatholic.com. I'm Joseph Warren, and you were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and I'll see you right back here next week.